Welcome back, guys. Uh, this is the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Uh, we are talking Halloween. Yeah. Uh, so we thought it would be uh, seasonal to discuss some spooky themed games that you and your friends can play uh, this this year. So we, we were coming up with a couple of suggestions. Uh, we've talked about the trail at the House on the Hill in the past. Uh, it's worth mentioning again, though. We won't dwell too long on it because I think our first episode we talked quite a bit about it. But to be fair, I think if you are looking for a game to play on or around Halloween, Betrayal is probably a solid choice. Oh yeah, um, great atmosphere to it. I personally like. I, you know, Sam Raimi, the movie director, says there's a very fine line between comedy and horror. Yeah. Uh, I personally find Betrayal hysterically funny. Yeah. Uh, it's so creepy, though. It is, it, it, it's creepy, but camp creepy, I find. Well, yeah, it, I, I think a lot of the stuff alludes to like um, the, the, the uh, old Hollywood B-movie yeah. style stuff. So that that's a great game to play. But we we had another couple of suggestions. Um, I think what, uh, the first the, the first one that came to my mind was Letters from Whitechapel. Yeah. Uh, which, if you have not seen it, is a game about Jack the Ripper. So, um, so what? Explain to us how it works, Ben. So. It it uses a mechanic that's quite popular in a lot of games now. Mm-hmm. Where you've got, um, I, th- I think the optimum number to play Whitechapel is to have one player as Jack, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. but then to have four, uh, bobbies, four bobbies, four police officers. And the, the, I, I say that the mechanic um, is one that's used in a lot of games where you have four characters that have to work together mm. to bring down this one all-powerful character. Yeah. Um, Middle Earth Quest works mm-hmm. the same way, where one player is Sauron, and then the other players play, um, you know, various citizens mm-hmm. of Middle Earth, trying to undermine this all-powerful character mm-hmm. schemes. Essentially, it's uh, Dungeon Master versus adventurers. yeah, and you, you know, you you even get the screen uh, for, do, uh, for Jack, Jack because. Yeah. What you're doing is the board is a map of Whitechapel, uh, and as Jack, you are writing down the coordinates of uh, where you are in secret, so it's you can't been, see where you are. We described it as murder bingo. Murder day. bingo is a good way. Of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so essentially, in Letters of Whitechapel, you are reenacting the events mm-hmm. uh, of on and around. The, mm-hmm. the murders that Jack the Ripper committed. And I think it, you'd, you'd said that it, it's what makes it especially creepy is that the, this stuff actually happened. I, I, yeah, I think that's why for me, like the Jack the Ripper story and mythology is particularly unsettling is because, yeah, it's real. If, if you've never seen it from hell, Mm-hmm. The movie is a very good retelling. I think it's based on an it's Alan Moore novel. uh, graphic novel, yeah, which yeah. I, I must admit I've never read. So. I've never read the graphic novel, but the film is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Johnny Depp plays 
I can't remember yeah, the name of the constable. Abba or something. Yeah. And then um, Ian Holm plays the a, a murderous Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see someone in, like intercut footage from from Hell and Lord of the Rings. But you, do you know you say that? But there was that really creepy bit in the Fellowship of the Ring. Oh yeah. When when I was a kid, I, I I really I really struggled to watch that. That used mm. to really freak me out. I think it's because it's like this benevolent old man just goes all demon on us. That, oh, that demon on your ass. Yeah, that that really um. So th- thanks for the nightmares, Bilbo. <laughs> Moving on. <Yeah. laughs> so but... letters from Whitechapel. Um, the the player who is playing Jack has to murder some prostitutes, and then get back ah, to his safe house. He's just got to do it. Yeah. Like these but, pro- these hookers ain't gonna murder themselves. It's just his way. It's just yeah. his way. So, um. So he has to murder prostitutes, get back to the safe house, mm-hmm. which has to be the same point through all the turns. Yeah, so you, you pick that. If, when you're playing Jack, you pick that in yeah. secret at the start. So what happens, the, the, the only evidence that the, the Bobbies have to go by is where the Jennies, which was the slang for mm-hmm. the prostitutes, are murdered. So a little... Uh, red token is put on the spot yeah. where they're murdered. The policemen all have to try and zero in mm-hmm. on this area quickly as they can. But at the same time, Jack is trying to get to his safe house, yeah. and he can duck down alleyways and he can use carriages. He's a lot more. He's a lot more mobile. He's a lot police, more mobile so. than the police. So it it's for Jack. It's this tricky balancing act of trying to to run the the bobbies on a wild goose chase mm-hmm. um, while not giving away his own location. So like I was saying to you earlier, you need to have a good poker face to be yeah, successful. I, Jack. I, I have never played Jack in this game and I would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, because I I have no poker face whatsoever. So <laughs> it is it is very hard to beat Jack. Yes, but not not impossible. Not uh, not impossible but uh, it's very hard. Yeah. He has he has a big advantage, but the advantage the bobbies have is that there's four of you. That's true. Or, yeah. And if you work together, discover the power of friendship, <laughs> and uh, you can beat Jack the Ripper. Yeah. There we are. Which didn't happen. No. Um, again, that's the creepiest part of it. Yeah. Like. Anyway, we'll we'll get into Jack the Ripper conspiracy theories. Yeah. Another time. I don't know enough about them, frankly. But I've I've heard a few of them, and um, is royalty one of the? Not not that he's royalty. It's that he was a physician to the royal family. Right. Because one of the things that that people have said is that although <clears throat> the murders were brutal, mm-hmm. there is a precision yeah, to the quite work, clinical, which suggests to a lot of people. That he was skilled at that. He was skilled. One of the other things was I can't remember the name of the guy, but allegedly there was this American mm-hmm. who came to London, and when he left, the murders stopped. He was quite he was quite okay. a high profile surgeon. Right. Can't remember the guy's name, but he came over. This stuff happened. Then when he left, so did he do it like back in America when he left? That I don't know. But 
Because that's it. That's a bit of a weird thing to do on holiday. I know. I know. No, we all like like to lay our hair down. <laughs> but come on, man. <laughs> but extreme, yeah. yeah. Mur- murder tourism. Yeah. Oh, that's probably a thing. Yeah. Well, uh, you hear about these islands that people pay thousands. Well, to, oh to, my god, to hunt Bro, that's that's uh, that's a joke on Community, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like Jeff Winger's having to explain to Chevy Chase's character. No, I shouldn't have to explain. It is wrong to go to an island to hunt a man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so don't do that, kids. No. There's, there's the moral of this week. Play letters from Whitechapel instead. There's no. your outlet. Yeah, play letters from Whitechapel. Don't kill prostitutes. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> um, you, so you mentioned another couple of games. Um well, one that I've not played in a long time that I'm very fond of is Arkham Horror. Yeah. It's, as board games go, I would say it's quite hardcore. There, there's a lot going on because um, you've got all of these monsters popping up all over the board. Mm-hmm. You've Different characters have got different abilities. You've got spells. You've got items. So um, don't do what we did and and have your your friend's girlfriend have her first foray into tabletop oh, gaming as Arkham Horror. Amy, um, we we were pl- and there was a lot of us playing that game as well. How many <laughs> the, was, was it? Was like eight, an eight player game. Eight, eight of us. And so so at the turns, you know, you you're kind of thinking out loud, right? What what are we doing? What's the plan here? And so the turns can take quite a while, and you just looked over in the corner, and poor Amy. Losing the will to live. Yeah. Just. <laughs> so you could just like see her like thinking to herself, "Is this my life? Good lord! Is this what I've got myself into?" <laughs> Amy and Scott are engaged now. Yes. Congratulations, <laughs> guys. Yeah. So, um, but it, it is. It, it's a fun game, definitely. I think it, it's a great potential for storytelling because I always remember your favorite character being the hobo with the shotgun. Yeah. Like. Way before the B movie. Yeah, uh, I did it first. Yeah, you should have copyrighted that man. I know. I don't know how you copyright. I, that, I don't but... think you can. I don't think you can. I thought you said I don't think you can't. I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did it. I've got yeah. it here. Which was quite Lovecraftian in itself. Paradoxes and <laughs> all that. Yeah. Um, so I do. Um, we were talking about this before we started recording. I do. I do have one issue. Um, with Lovecraft. Okay. Uh, well, apart from him being racist. <laughs> My issue is his racism is never represented. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not the problem. My pro- my problem is right. They are. I think there's been a trend over the last five years. They are slapping that uh, that. Do I call it a franchise? That mythology. Onto everything. The, the Lovecraft mythos. Yes. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Now, and I know you're a big fan of the the, the mythology and that universe, but I, I think it, I think it's starting to get a bit too far now. Pandemic. Pandemics like, were one of the. Uh, uh, that was probably one of the first. At the risk of sounding like an elitist nerd, proper board game <laughs> we played. Yeah. Great cooperative game. Um, and um, they've done a, they've done a, a 
Cthulhu pandemic. What, what does pandemic gain from being Cthulhu flavored? So, so instead of trying to control diseases, you're trying to stop these eldritch horrors from overrunning the world. Is, is that it? Which is fine, but one, I like the theme of pandemic anyway. I thought that was new and interesting. And two, you can you do that game in the other uh, Cthulhu brand, and you do that in Arkham Horror. It's just that's just um, that's just marketing, yeah. Because it's like we were saying, you've got all these monopolies and risks, and they're they're the exact same game mm-hmm. with a different, different fascia, different flavor. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I suppose, like from a uh, collecting a collector's point of view. That would be um, quite appealing. The one, me. the one I do like, um, and I like the original game as well. But I think I think the Cthulhu uh, branded Gloom is particularly fun. Uh, have you played Gloom? I've I've got Gloom. Yeah, so that, that was that's another good yeah sort of Halloweeny game. Yeah, either version actually. Yeah, that that works. Uh, so Gloom, uh, Gloom's this. I think you need a bit of a dark sense of humour to really enjoy Gloom. So what you have, each player has a family uh, and you will get dealt uh, a hand of cards. Most of the cards are uh, events that can happen to your family members. They're either happy events, um, if they they get a puppy or something like that, or a sad event. Bothered by bees is the one that always sticks out in my mind. But where Gloom takes a quite sadistic turn, is the objective of the game is to have your family die miserable. Yes, and make everyone else's family really happy. Uh, and while so that in itself is quite a funny sort of twist. Yeah. But um, where Gloom really stands out again is sort of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to, but it gets so much funnier if you try and justify how little jenny became to be bothered by bees anytime we've played it um it's been with uh, an emphasis on the storytelling yeah because there's a there's enough card games out there that's the the thing that's really fun about gloom is the Mm. storytelling i think actually that makes it really good as a sort of halloween the art style's fantastic as well it's very tim burton yeah. Thing. Uh, and then obviously you've got all the Cthulhu references in the Cthulhu version yeah. of the game. But going back to your um, your beef with uh, the Cthulhu mythos, you think we're at tentacle saturation point? I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I just think, uh, well, the example I gave, Pandemic, my point is, is it, is it adding anything? Is it, is it creating value? And I suppose, like you say, you know, you, you, for, for a collector, there may be. But I, I, I don't think the... I mean, by all means, if anyone's played the uh, Cthulhu Pandemic and you really enjoyed it, let us know and please tell us why it's better than original Pandemic. I think, I think though, in a lot of ways, like, you, you, you could maybe argue that there, there's too much Lovecraft um, in the air. But make love, not Lovecraft. Yeah. 
We'll make you a banner. Yeah. You can stand outside. I'll, st- I'll, st- I'll go to. I'll go to. Shops. No, I'll go to Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> but is it Providence he's from? I think so. Yeah. Because well, the town of Arkham and all those sorts of things. It's all in New England. Sort of eastern it? seaboard yeah. type towns, but I think people grossly underestimate the influence that Lovecraft has had on science fiction and fantasy. Yeah, I think just... that's the appeal. It's it. He's almost on a level with Tolkien, I would say, in terms of. Well, I can I can get I can get behind that. Yeah, I mean we would. Um... We, uh, my girlfriend and I, Joanne, we were we just finished for me rewatching, but for Joanne watching the first time, Stranger Things on Netflix, yeah. uh, just in anticipation of the new season coming out. Yeah. And even in that, um, you, you you described it best the the horror of this cosmic entity that you cannot comprehend. Yeah. That's very much a thing in uh, in Stranger Things. Uh, and I think just in general, the um, you see it in like just fiction, like his his stamp, his. Uh, that, but I think the horror of the unknown. I think it's because it, it's actually quite relatable hmm. to us, the 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 sort of horror of the unknown bearing down upon you that that there's so much that we don't know or understand mm-hmm. just on the fringes of our own existence. And the 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 monsters and entities and things that that appear in the Lovecraft mythos and since in things like Stranger Things mm-hmm. and you know other science fiction and fantasy, they 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 are the incarnation of of that oppressiveness, of of that that dread yeah. that just sits on the the periphery. Of our own existence, so it's in in the same way that that Tolkien is relatable on quite a human level, and that you've got the, the forces of good striving against these seemingly impossible odds. Yeah, and, and, and Tolkien, Tolkien always to me feels like you know sort of retelling of classic mythology. Yeah, um, or retelling probably makes it sound like I'm doing it a disservice, but yeah. uh, that. You know, that's kind of... It's the hero's journey. Well, that, yeah, it was his thing, wasn't it? So I think I think that's the appeal with Lovecraft, is that as outlandish as all of this stuff is, um, there's there's something relatable there. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, even... When we feel like our world is so small, it, it, it's it's like um this is it one of the philosophers said that the the more he knows, the more he realizes that he knows nothing. Yeah, I suppose, and that's it, isn't it? It's, so it's uh, the bigger the world, or sorry, the smaller the world gets, the bigger everything else around it seems. And that that's one of the reasons that I. I like Lovecraft, and mm. it's one of the reasons that I think actually it goes beyond fishmen and tentacle monsters, is that there there's actually some some really deep and frightening concepts in there. Yeah, absolutely. That I think um, can be woven into anything. Yeah, 
Which is probably another reason why it's uh, prevalent in tabletop gaming. I mean, because, uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, Call of Cthulhu was originally a uh, pen and paper RPG, much in the same vein as like Dungeons and Dragons and uh, Sha- um, Shadowrun and that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just kind of snowballed from that point, really. Yeah, I think they, they, they've done some novels, and then obviously you've got the. There's a plethora of board games now, because mm. you've got when well, we mentioned Arkham Horror, but you've also got Elder Signs. Elder Signs is a great, great little game, actually. which is like Arkham Light because it's yeah. dice rolling. Uh, then you've got Eldritch Horror, which is a more global scale. You've got the Call of Cthulhu Living Card Game, mm-hmm. and now you've got the Arkham Horror card game. Yeah. So it's it's massive. Yeah, yeah. I like. I don't get me wrong. I I, I get the appeal. Um, I just I, I I don't like it when any sort of license gets slapped about. Well, we needlessly. see. We were talking about. We've we've talked a lot about magic recently, but there was actually a an expansion. Was it earlier this year? Uh last year was kind of it. So uh, yeah, uh, which I thought. So Innistrad is one of the, the planes within Magic the Gathering and uh, the, the, the thing with um, Innistrad uh, was Gothic Horror. Yeah. So the original set was uh, the main tribes were zombies, vampires, werewolves, uh, ghosts, sorry, spirits, uh, and humans. Uh, the humans didn't stand a chance <laughs> in this world, <laughs> frankly. Um and the the aesthetic was great. People loved this set because of the the theme to it and the flavor to it was so rich, uh, and it it didn't feel that it felt like they did like that that genre of fiction justice. Yeah. And we went back there not long ago. It was last year. Uh, we had Shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon, and now the nice little twist they had with it was. Um, those who play Magic the Gathering will be familiar with the creature type Eldrazi. Eldrazi are very much inspired by Lovecraft's okay. cosmic monsters. These yeah. are creatures that come from an unknown plane, or rather the space between planes, yeah. uh, and they devour worlds. Uh, so they, they are introduced in Zendikar, but what Eldritch Horror did was them invading the plane of Innistrad, so what they did, they they had the very Lovecraftian sort of mix of science fiction and gothic horror uh-huh. uh, mixed together. And it, it again, it was uh, from a f- sort of flavor point of view, a fantastic set. It was great fun to play. Yeah. Um, and they had this mechanic called emerge, which um, you had these big, uh, the big Eldrazi creatures. You could play them for quite an expensive cost, or you could play them for a discounted cost, providing you sacrificed one of your existing creatures, and that represented yeah. the monster just bursting out of this Ooh. infected, this poor infected guy. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and you had another. That's me- a cool mechanic. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, do you see what I mean though? Because it's, it's you can you you immediately picture what's going on there, like this monster, just like alien style. It's quite, out it's quite similar skin. to um, uh, like the mutating power of chaos and Warhammer. Yeah, because because yeah. we've mentioned earlier when 
we were talking before recording about how um, the Chaos Gods in Warhammer are very Lovecraftian as yeah. well. As you were saying, particularly Zinch. Yeah. But all of them are quite... Um, yeah. They, they, they feel like they, they, they have similarities with members of Lovecraft's God well, a, a lot, a lot of the the spells and things that they use actually revolve around mutating the enemy mm -hmm. into these monsters that you then turn on their former allies, which sounds yeah quite akin to the El Eldrazi. The Eldrazi, yeah. yeah. So uh, no, so that that was a that was a cool set, and I suppose you know if you were along you know horror themed. You probably couldn't do uh, far wrong with if if you're into Magic the Gathering trying to do a draft of Shadows over Innistrad. I mean, That's even better to, idea. Even better to do a draft of original Innistrad, but that box is setting you back a good four hundred quid now. So yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you want to if you want to splash that kind of cash, go for it. But Shadows over Shadows over Innistrad is still relatively moderately priced, and you still you get a chance to play with werewolves and vampires and the like. Um, but there was another game that we mentioned before we uh, started recording. There's, I, there is one game that I, I do want to talk about. Mine, I think it was Elder Sign. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, but the game, I, I don't know. Have you ever played uh, Last Night on Earth? No. Zombie game. I've only played it the once. It was years ago as well, and again, that was that was great fun. Um, I, I would I would put it in the same sort of category as Betrayal at the House on the Hill, yeah. as in like it's a bit like a light RPG. So you all have characters, and you'll have a scenario. So you've got a particular mission, and our mission as the survivors was to uh, fill up the car with gas uh, and get out. Yeah. And of course, you have the zombies trying to stop you, because <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what they do. I they just they just get in the way. Yeah. Maybe maybe they just want to be loved. They're going about it all the wrong way. It has to be said. Don't we all? Yeah. They they they, they need a training course. <laughs> yeah. On, they <laughs> on on uh, on their social skills. Their vocabulary is not amazing. No, but I mean, it's little things like um, put on some deodorant. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're just quite antisocial. I mean, we're, we're kind of describing some denizens of uh, <laughs> gaming conventions that I've met. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Um, that, that, that's a great game. Again, a. It looks fantastic as well. The Do art. you remember that time we played Zombies? Don't play Zombies, guys. Zombies is a miserable game. It was. It uh, was. It was hilariously miserable, though. It was because we were. We. It was back at my old flat. We. It was you, it was you me, uh, Tom, and Simon. Yeah. There was loads of people in the flat, but we were the last four left, mm -hmm. and it was like three in the morning and we were, you know so we were in the sort of this fatigued stupor and decided it would be a great idea to play zombies and i think we all just wanted to die i think that game took i think the game took two hours long i think like, the game took my soul 
Which, which actually, I mean, if you're wanting a real horror to, to, play, to play this Halloween, play play zombies then. If you if you, you want will... to feel true despair this Halloween, yeah. play zombies. Because <laughs> <laughs> you always used to see it in Waterstones as well, like uh, yeah. Uh, and it's one, it's one of these ones where, you know, everyone sort of lures you in by going, oh, zombies is great, let's play zombies. No, don't believe their lies. It's just so repetitive. It was, because, um, like, I was going to say, the game took two hours and it felt like it ended one and a half hours earlier. And it was just trying to get to the finish. And it's, it's one of these games, like a lot of tabletop games, where it, it encourages, like, uh, you know, backstabbing and scheming. Mm there's various cards and things you can play but by the end you're just begging the other players to kill you (laughs) please kill me (laughs) life is pain (laughs) (laughs) so don't don't play zombies is the the take home message from that Um, do you know I remember what it was now Um, atmosphere yeah atmosphere though oh do you know what i actually still have it you uh, should play that I've, I've never played it i don't know if i've got the vhs with it do you, do you have a vhs player that's another problem i might be able to get one at my mother can we dad. source a vhs player so atmosphere was uh there was a there was a trend in the 90s with board games uh primarily aimed at children have uh, a video it would have a video board. element to it and you would do something on the game and say right fast forward to whenever the video does this and you get to play it at that point it's probably all on youtube i dare say yeah probably um, but that's uh, the point we could try and download it one of the other things that um charlotte and myself jokingly suggested earlier was the Ouija board, but then the the thing the thing that we said immediately after that is because we we were joking, uh, even people that don't believe in that stuff are like you just do not know what like, <laughs> we don't know what we're messing with. <laughs> do you know that? Do you know actually that I I believe Hasbro it's it's still the best selling board game of all time. That's messed up. What's wrong with people? People, uh, they'd rather dredge up the dead. Uh, people, yeah, I was going to say people want to commune with the uh, other world, and Hasbro have a means to do so. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hasbro have a lot to answer for. They own Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, Transformers, and Ouija. Probably most sinister of all. My Little Pony. I think that actually makes them more evil than <laughs> Do you know what I find funny about Hasbro? that They own all of that. They're still the second biggest toy company in the world. Wait, Lego. Lego. Lego's the big one. Just uh, laughing, uh, rolling in bacon and bricks. I, I, I've got a mental image that Mr. Lego has like a Scrooge, <laughs> Scrooge a Scrooge McDuck style vault, but it's just Lego bricks. Rick dives into it. I immediately regret this decision. <laughs> oh no, 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 right. He's he's got like a James Bond layer. 
and he has like uh, the trap door opens into uh, like a pond of Lego bricks because, as we all know, that is the most painful thing a man could endure stepping yeah. on a Lego brick. That's it. So, yeah, that's his that's his inhumane torture. So yeah, so we we not only have we talked about some good games that you could play for. We've talked about some downright we've, awful we've, ones. We've touched on genuine evil. So yeah. yeah. So there you go, guys. So on that note, have a happy Halloween and we'll catch you next time.